The Green Rush is real. From lawmakers and investment bankers to CEOs and investors, we'll look at how people are transforming cannabis from the shadows of the black market into a cash crop that draws in cannapreneurs from Hollywood to Wall Street. Here to help you navigate the business of cannabis, please welcome Lewis Goldberg and Ann Donahoe. Brought to you by KCSA Strategic Communications. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Green Rush. I'm Lewis Goldberg, along with my hostess with the most S, that's five now, Anne Donahoe. And today we are excited, excited to be speaking with New York State Senator Liz Kruger. Today is Wednesday, February 14th, 2018, Valentine's Day as we record this. So I don't know when you're listening to it, but just reach out and give a little squeeze to your significant other um, and make sure that, you know, you're enjoying some cannabis as you listen to this. Before we begin, I'd like to ask you to do two things. See that little button up there that says subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher? Click it. Um, and more importantly, um, if you have a chance, take a moment and visit Dr. Sue Sicily's site, wecanstudy.org. Dr. Sicily is doing the best work researching the link between using cannabis and treating PTSD. What she's doing is really vital. There are millions of soldiers who have come back from Afghanistan, Iraq, and other hot zones around the world that really need her work to help treat this insidious disorder. Now, on to Senator Kruger. Senator Kruger was first elected in a special election in 2002, and over the the past 15 years, she has really risen through the party ranks to now serve as the ranking Democratic member of the powerful Finance Committee, representing the 28th district, which encompasses the Upper East Side of Manhattan, which is literally the wealthiest district of any elected official anywhere in the United States. Senator Kruger has always been on the cutting edge of social justice issues and back in 2015 proposed the Marijuana Regulation and Taxation Act. Sadly, the bill has languished in committees since she's proposed it, but this year things are starting to loosen up. Um, New York State has had medical cannabis on the books since 2015, but by all measures, the state's program has pretty much been a failure. With, a, with nearly 20 million residents and only 44,000 uh, medical patients and only 1,500 practitioners, there is just not enough being done in this state to help people get access to this needed medicine. To put this in perspective, Colorado has more than 90,000 patients in a state with only 5.5 million people. In Colorado, there are more than 800 dispensaries across the state, and in Denver alone, there are more cannabis dispensaries than there are Starbucks. In the Empire State, there are only 40 dispensaries. More importantly, Colorado is an adult use state, which means that anybody who wants to can buy cannabis easily. So, with that said, thank you, Senator Kruger, for joining us. We really appreciate you taking the time. I'm happy to be with you here today. So, um, Senator Kruger, Liz. Um, yeah. For everyone listening, we're allowed to call her Liz. Um, you are of the opinion that cannabis should be treated and regulated and taxed, um, just like alcohol and tobacco. Can you talk to us just a little bit more about the bill that you sponsored and, and really what's the status of it? Sure. I am very proud to sponsor a bill that I think, if it was looked at, would be the model legislation for the country. We keep looking at what's happening in other states around the country and amending and improving the bill that we hope will become law in New York State. And it's exactly as you described. It's recognizing that cannabis is less dangerous than tobacco by far and also less dangerous than alcohol. And so it should be regulated and taxed 
in a similar way to how we handle those products. New York State has a robust and rational model for regulation and taxation of alcohol, and we think that we should take the same approach with marijuana where we make explicit that you have to be approved to grow and sell for retail use marijuana. You have to pay your taxes. You have to meet standards as a business person. We will allow home growing of up to six plants for personal use but not resale. We have some strong restrictions in there about not allowing selling or marketing to children. You actually won't be able to purchase marijuana until the age of 21. Not that I don't know that teenagers are heavy users of marijuana, and so we are basically removing the use of marijuana from the criminal justice system. Still have Can you talk about penalties. that? Sh- sure. About the removing it from the criminal justice system, because that's, that's, that's a huge issue when, when you know, so many African Americans and Latinos are in federal penitentiaries and state prisons um, for possession and, and minor distribution charges. Well, that is what really motivated me to take on this legislation and this fight. When I was tracking data being produced showing that here in New York State, the number of young people who were being picked up into the criminal justice system, um, even if it was just a misdemeanor arrest and being taken to the precinct and perhaps being fingerprinted and giving a, a death ticket, that it was, over, it was up to... 50,000 young people per year in New York City that it was almost exclusively young people who were black and Latino that my district is disproportionately not um, black or Latino and is in fact as you pointed out the wealthiest district probably in the country the kids in my district were smoking marijuana at exactly the same rate as the kids in everyone else's district, but they weren't being arrested. They weren't being brought into the criminal justice system. And I looked at the data year in, year out, throughout the state of New York, and I found that the racial discrimination in the impl- in the implementation of our laws was completely unjustifiable. And I stopped and said to myself, I smoked marijuana as a teenager. Nobody was getting dragged into uh, the jail system then if you were a white kid. And it's 40 years later, and the numbers are even worse than the damage that is happening to young people, even if they never spend a day in jail. It goes on their record. It impacts whether or not they get into certain schools, whether or not they can get certain kinds of grants and loans, whether or not they can ever apply for all kinds of government jobs later just because they got picked up with a couple of marijuana cigarettes in their back pocket. And I heard through testimony at hearings that I sponsored here in New York City in Albany and also up in Buffalo, New York, where my lead co-sponsor in the assembly is an African-American assemblywoman named Crystal People Stokes from Buffalo. I heard 
consistent, horrifying stories of young people having their lives turned upside down just because they got picked up for small quantities of personal use marijuana. And I thought, this is completely... I don't know what the strong enough word is. This is not what democracy is supposed to be. This is not what is supposed to be happening um, in our country. At the same time, I was watching other states legalize cannabis, tax and regulate it, decrease their criminal policies, and I knew that the right answer was a combination. Do away with so the who, criminal which penalties. State, which states... for- yeah. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, I have a really bad habit of doing that. But which which states do you think are doing it right? I mean, when you look at the other states, you look at Nevada or California, Colorado. Who do you who do you think is got is getting it right? So we've looked at all of them, and we keep pulling what we think is right from each one, right? So so and they've also been evolving once they started their programs. Okay, so we've actually taken probably the California model of decriminalizing, even though they've only gone to full legal, you know, a few minutes ago, um, looking at how you impact, how you pull young people out of the criminal justice system because they have been involved with cannabis. We've used the Colorado model for looking at and thinking through taxation and regulation. Um, We have looked at you know, there are different states rolling out literally as we speak. Massachusetts recently passed a, you know, um, a referendum, and I was very pleased when I took a look at what they were doing that I saw that my neighbor to the north in Massachusetts pretty much had taken our bill language and almost word for word turned it into their public referendum of how they were going to set up a legalized tax and regulate system in the state of Massachusetts. People need to understand there's lots of pieces of this, but if you do it right, you've actually removed the criminal element from the sale of marijuana, which is a huge win in its own right. You've decreased enormous amounts of police and court and criminal justice costs, which is a big win in its own right. You've decreased the sheer number of young people of color getting sucked into any part of the criminal justice system, which is a huge win in its own right. You've created a legalized new industry where you're creating jobs for farmers, for processors, for retailers, for the truck delivery people, so a new form of economic development activity with rules attached and regulations, as I believe are necessary in our society, with the potential for good jobs and real pay and increased income, and also, yes, some tax revenue for the state, which in my legislation would go first into helping to repair communities who were most devastated by drug use and problems, money specifically going to treatment and public education, um, and and investing money back into communities who have suffered so much. So I think that this is a win-win-win storyline. 
I actually think that's a great time for us to take a quick break, um, but I do want to come back and talk to you. Um, you've been such a social justice advocate, and I think there's a correlation between, um, between poverty and social justice issues and the legalization of cannabis, so we definitely want to talk more about that with you. Um, we'll be right back with Senator Liz Kruger from New York State. More Green Rush coming up after we roll through our sponsors. Oh, let the marijuana llama tell you something now About a game for your phone gonna make you say wow The game's about the game of growing cannabis for cash Grow the seeds, sell the bud, put the savings in the stash Little by little your empire grows large Put the big celebrities inside your entourage You can choose to play with Snoop or me or Chichin Chong Cypress Hill, Willie Nelson, Wiz Khalifa with a bong The name of the game is Hemping, that's the point Download and play while you light yourself a joint the business of cannabis should be no crime. Hemp Inc. is even hot-proofed by the man who run high times. Oh, yeah. Get it on Android and I and iOS today. Marijuana Llama out. Got to tend to me on crops, you know. Money don't make itself. Hemp Inc. Strainwise Consulting is the most sought-after consulting company for cannabis business applications and management contracts. We consulted on the first recreational license in the world and have had an over 95% success rate on applications submitted. The industry is growing at such an exponential rate that building a powerful and lasting cannabis business is a number one priority. Here's Strainwise's Sean Eubanks. In our first five years, we branded and supported nine medical and recreational marijuana dispensaries and approximately 160,000 square feet of sophisticated and efficient product cultivation. Strainwise Consulting has the experience and expertise to guide you through the process. Introducing Blue Moon CBD, straight from the bluegrass of Kentucky. With our special nano emulsion process, you'll not only get the best CBD available, you'll get more of it. Not all CBD is the same. It's your body. It's your choice. Get relief from inflammation, anxiety, and stress. Go to www.bluemoonhemp.com and use code HEMP420 for a 20% discount on your order. Balance your body. Balance your life. Make it Blue Moon CBD. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines, Dave Inman welcomes you to the state of cannabis. Tuesdays on demand, only on CannabisRadio.com. Banking and Bud, understanding the business of cannabis. Welcome back to The Green Rush, only on CannabisRadio.com. And we're back with State Senator Liz Kruger uh, from the great state of New York. Um, one quick note, if you can please rate and subscribe to us at The Green Rush on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you listen, it always helps us. And make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter with the handles GreenRush.com. So, you know, you had talked about your... You're widely known for your social justice issues, um, you know, related to poverty and housing, fair housing, um, and the like. Do you see, and we were just talking about, you know, how this, how legalization of cannabis can really revitalize the economy. Is that the connective tissue between, you know, issues like poverty, fair housing, um, you know, issues like that with the, the legalization of cannabis, or am I being too um, lily-headed liberal in my thinking there? No, I think it's a combination piece of the story. So again, if you're decreasing the number of criminal activities that take place in poor communities, um, that's a win because you, again, prevent people from going into a criminal justice system that will, frankly, 
not just scar them for life, but scar their records for life as far as their ability mm. to move on in employment and education. So that's an important economic win for poor communities. But it's also a new opportunity for legitimate jobs and economic activity in the communities where people come from, um, which can be urban poor areas, but also can be rural upstate poor areas where farmers being able to grow cannabis and hemp for other economic um, products and activities is also a win for the agricultural side of our society. Um, Investing in the kinds of programs that can make a difference in poor communities by having new revenue is also very important for changing the backdrop story. Um, I think a lot of it gets so, conflated that that it, you know we're going to have all of this tax revenue, but uh, you know, and people say it's not just about the money. But to your point, there are you know there is this whole job faction behind that. It's the farmers, it's the truck drivers, it's the entrepreneurs um, that I think that 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 sometimes gets lost. Um, you know, when talking about legalization. Um, sorry, Lou, I, I, can I, I can we pivot off. for? Can we, no, 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 no. But I'd like to pivot for a second and talk politics, sure. because okay. the, the policy here makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, clearly, legalization is good across the board. Um, but you know, New York has a governor who has been more than a little ambivalent towards cannabis, um, and maybe it's because he's thinking about running for president, or I, I don't know what's going on in Governor Cuomo's mind. But across the river. In New Jersey, Governor Murphy has been unbelievably vocal about wanting to pass um, adult use laws there. Um, and when that happens, and it and most probably will happen, there will be a string of cars going across the Tappan Zee Bridge, across the George Washington Bridge, and if you're not from the, the New York City area, these are the two major bridges that cross the Hudson River that separate New Jersey from New York. Is that is that what it's going to be to get New York to actually move to see you know millions of dollars of of revenue flowing into New Jersey and lost by New York. I mean, what what are we going to have to do to get get you know New York State to to get off its ass and start moving? So the politics are interesting because of exactly what you just said. If people were listening when the governor put out his state of the state and his budget proposal this year, but it was the state of the state. He said, so marijuana is being legalized in all of our neighboring states. We could be losing huge, huge amounts of money to these states. I guess it's time for us to start investigating and studying what it would mean for New York to have adult use recreational. So that was the first, and he called for a study to be done through his Department of Health. That is the first time Governor Cuomo has ever referenced being open to exploring the question of legalized adult use, and he tied it directly into the economic realities of legalized cannabis coming to the borderlines of New York State. Again, for those who aren't near us, look at a map. You can get from New York City, the population center of the state of New York, to New Jersey, you know, without traffic in 20 minutes in, in a variety of ways. If you live There's never in, not traffic. Hold on. Let's be clear. Oh, There's right, always fine, traffic. Fine. <laughs> All right, so 40 minutes. I live in New Jersey. Yeah. 
40 minutes that's New Jersey. If you live in Albany. And you live on the Upper East Side, but it's easier. I know. Yeah. The traffic, if you live in Albany, it's, it's hours. It's hours from, no, from Albany. No, but no, no, but Albany to the Massachusetts state line is 30 minutes, and there's no traffic to the Berkshires. So, so you can cross from Albany to Massachusetts. You've got Vermont legalized farther north in New York. So if New Yorkers want to get to a state that has legalized cannabis, it's just <laughs> not that hard, and it's getting easier. And so these questions from an economic competition perspective are very, very real. And I do think that the governor's thought process has evolved even through the medical marijuana you raised in your introduction compared to other states' medical marijuana program. We have a lot to learn and much further to go. But we have now just opened up um, marijuana to be a approved drug for PTSDs, and I think that that will be a huge change for us here in New York. We are seeing slow but more uptick in the number of doctors who are willing to participate in the program um, because one of the problems with, with New York has been not nearly enough doctors participating. Uh, very it's 1,500 or so, right? Right, but also a tiny number of retail outlets. We went to a system where you can have a delivery as opposed to having to get to the retail dispensary because there were huge sections of the state where there's basically no place you could go and buy your medical marijuana, and that's another issue for people to confront. You can go to pharmacies in any tiny town in New York State. And if you have a prescription, you can get the strongest, most dangerous, most addictive opioid medicines that have ever been created. But if your child needs you know, a form of cannabis um, rubbed on them to, call, you know, to give them enormous relief, you might live four hours away from the nearest location you can go and legally get that product. So I do also think that the governor's thinking has been evolving about this, and we need more education of him and other people. The politics is seeing that there are red states all over the country who have now, through voter referendums, approved legalized marijuana and much broader, robust medical marijuana laws so that the politics is this is not a liberal versus conservative or Democrat versus Republican issue, which was another issue that I saw very quickly when I got heavily involved in this issue, that soccer moms out there in suburban America don't want their kids getting caught up in the criminal justice system either. It's not just urban moms who worry about their kids getting into a situation with the police. It's every mom worries about that. While every mom pretty much knows it's a possibility their kids are going to do things that aren't legal and aren't perhaps so smart to do. 
And so well, I, public opinion is building on my side of the issue. I think your side of the issue. And politicians tend to be risk-averse, and they, are, they don't want to be the first ones rushing out forward. But Clearly you're not risk-averse, and you're jumping in feet first, right? Yeah, but I've, you know, I'm a little unusual because I'm not risk-averse um, as a politician. And that's just, I don't know, I never was intended to be a politician. I got drafted against my will. That's another story for another day. So, <laughs> All right, let's, um, let's, let's break kind of right there. there yeah, Liz, let's, we, we need to take a break for our sponsors. Um, you know, as much as, yeah. You know, it's all those sponsors. So you're listening to the Green Rush. Uh, I'm Lewis Goldberg with Ann Donahoe, and we're talking with State Senator Liz Kruger from the great state of New York. Um, and we will be right back. More Green Rush coming up after we roll through our sponsors. Cannabis concentrates have been around for hundreds of centuries. In 19th century America, extracts mixed with other herbs were sold as a miracle cure. Now, Apex Supercritical has elevated the science of extraction into the 21st century. Apex Supercritical is the leader in CO2 extraction, which is the cleanest, safest, and purest way to extract plant oils. ROI in as little as three weeks. Our cost-effective systems are fully automated with an industry-leading three-year warranty. And if we don't have your system in stock, we can build one in as little as four weeks. Bringing CO2 extraction to the masses. Learn more at apeksupercritical.com. Four-week build excludes high production systems. Introducing 420 Cloud, ignited by MSIG, one of the fastest-growing social apps around. The only app you'll need for all things cannabis. Find the latest cannabis news, videos, and stories, ranging from business and tech to sports and medicine. Start your career in cannabis by seeking, identifying, and applying for jobs through our expansive listings. For businesses, 420cloud.com features a full-scale cross-channel network, monetizing high traffic for big data conversion and analytics. Download 420 Cloud now from the iTunes Store or Google Play. MSIG.com is a publicly listed company on the OTC. Symbol MCIG. At Alternative Vibes, our core values of quality, loyalty, respect, and honesty guides us in our mission to help families find peace and harmony through our products and services. Whether you are looking for a more natural way of living, shopping essential oils, topicals, and edibles, or searching for a path towards achieving your goals, we are your choice. Learn more about our complete line of natural products and solutions at AlternativeVibes.com. Bringing quality of living to life. AlternativeVibes.com. Our mission is to discuss extraction, processing, business practices, and lessons learned with the established experts of the extraction process on Mission Supercritical, a service of Apex Supercritical, Mondays on demand, only on CannabisRadio.com. Banking and Bud, understanding the business of cannabis. Welcome back to The Green Rush, only on CannabisRadio.com. And we are back with State Senator Liz Kruger, who we are just calling Liz. Um, she has been one of the strongest advocates for the legalization of cannabis in New York. Um, so the majority of this conversation has been really serious um, with a little levity, but let's, let's kind of pivot a little bit. Can you tell us, a little, you said you smoked when you were a teenager. Um, since then, um, as I'm sure you visited states that have um, either medical dispensaries or legal dispensaries, have you been able to sample and what's your experience been with the plant um, you know 
as you've been looking at changing uh, the state laws. Okay, so I'm really going to disappoint all your listeners. I have no interest in trying cannabis again at this point in my life. The last time I used cannabis, I was 19 years old. It was 1976, and I was at a showing of the Rocky Horror Picture Show. <laughs> Having <laughs> okay, the original Rocky awesome. Horror Picture Show. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, of course. But I actually think, you know, I'm I'm sort of a boring adult. I don't really drink. I don't use drugs. I don't smoke tobacco. Although I did, and I'm sorry, I did for a part, part portion of my life. Um, I think anything in moderation is fine, but. You know, even when people want to come and meet with me on these issues, I tell them, if you're stoned, stay home. I'm not really interested in talking to stoners because it's very hard to have a serious conversation. I think grown-ups should be thoughtful and moderate in imbibing in any products for themselves that are mind-altering. If a doctor someday tells me cannabis is the right answer for you for X reason for a medical person purpose, I will definitely go ahead and follow their advice because I would far, far prefer to have an option that I don't think is addicting for the vast majority of people and it's certainly not dangerous the way other drugs can be. Um, so I respect everyone's personal decisions about this. And as I said, I see cannabis as far less dangerous for adult use um, than alcohol or tobacco, and I've met with many medical experts who can prove it to us. I am convinced that while there are some people who have such addictive personalities, they can be addicted to anything, and they also shouldn't be using cannabis, but it is much less addictive than alcohol and other drugs that they may find themselves exposed to. I know that the, you know, the room, the false information out there about cannabis being a gateway drug to other more dangerous products is a fantasy left over from 1920s bad movies. I would call it a fantasy. I'd call it a a nightmare. Um, But but no, I go to other states and I don't go out in search of cannabis to try because I don't sit around and drink either, even though that's legal wherever I go. And the other thing, and I know you have sponsors, and I'm saying to everyone, I'm excited about new economic opportunities that are legal. I don't actually front for alcohol companies or tobacco companies, and I don't see my doing it for marijuana companies either. I just want to make sure we have an even playing field that we do have regulation, that we do have taxation, and that we stop catching people up in a criminal justice system for no justifiable reason. And by the way, one of the groups I talk to all the time are retired people who work in criminal justice, judges, narcotics uh, detectives, police, who will tell you, and they have told me, that they feel like they wasted their life going after this quote-unquote low-hanging fruit of users and sellers of cannabis and didn't focus on the serious criminals. Because it's harder 
to catch serious criminals. And yet you can spend your entire career collecting up young people with marijuana in their pockets and meeting you know, implied or real quotas, but knowing that you did nothing to actually improve public safety. And I've even had district attorneys tell me, sure, it's easy to build up your case numbers on cannabis arrests, but that means you're not going out there looking for the murderers. And so I actually think another reason to decriminalize adult use recreational marijuana is to free up our criminal justice system to actually go do what we need them to do, find the actual bad guys and do something with them. Um, well, I think that's amazing. And you don't disappoint one of our listeners, I promise you. I am also not a smoker, so it's it's not about that. It's about, to your point, you know, put it, making making something that's legal, uh, widely available, not, you know, not shown to have the addictive properties that, that other substances have. But um, we actually do a, a segment during every single episode. Um, and just because you're a state senator, we're not going to show you any mercy. Um, it's called okay. Okay. <laughs> And what we do is we ask you to tell us um, two things that you like about the industry and one thing that you hate about the industry. So it's like rapid fire, two things you love, two things you hate, go. Okay. So a legalized adult use marijuana industry means we are taking this activity out of the criminal world and putting it into the legal regulated world. That's one thing I love. Um, I also mm -hmm. love the idea of more jobs for people that actually help them to meet their economic needs and be participants in our society. What do I hate? Since, again, I'm not big on people using so many mind-altering drugs or alcohol that they can't focus and prioritize their life, I'm not so excited about an industry that may think that targeting increased use over and over again is a good thing. I'm also very opposed to anything that markets towards children. One of the things I hate most about tobacco is that whenever they can, the tobacco industry tries to convince young children this is something they want to do as soon as possible. And I do not want to see or allow um, a legal marijuana industry in New York State targeting and encouraging children. So I hate the marijuana candy ads. I don't want cartoon characters telling you Fruit Loops are great for breakfast and you'll have some marijuana as soon as you can also. So those are the things I hate. Okay. Well, that's, those, are, uh, those are good that, things to that, hate. Those are all good things to say. That was more than two and one, but you know what? That was perfect. Yes, it was. Um, you can cut it out. So, Liz, thank you. No, we're not going to cut it out. No way. It was, it was honest. Okay. Um, thanks for joining us. Um, we've been Absolutely. talking with State Senator Liz Kruger from New York State. Um, you can follow her on Twitter uh, at Liz Kruger. That's L-I-Z-K-R-U-E-G-E-R. -E -E or check her out or check out her website at LizKruger.com. Um, always, thank you to Nick Opich for joining us today and Brasco. He of the over-the-top rope wrestling fandom um, for helping us produce this podcast. Um, if you want to chat with us, you can find us on Instagram or Twitter with the handle at GreenRushComs. 
Um, or you can drop us an email at greenrush at KCSA. Um, and as I have begged and uh, Anne has begged, and uh, maybe we'll get Liz to beg for us as well, please subscribe to The Green Rush. The more you subscribe, the more other people can find it. The more people find it, they can learn about the issues that we've been discussing, most, most importantly on criminal justice and on dealing with PTSD. Um, and Brasco, roll the music. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited.